You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. There's no one who particularly likes hearing the word no. It can be a punch to the stomach that can make you question everything from your career path to your partner to your decision-making skills. When Lucy Badawi was told she had, quote, too strong of a personality, end quote, for a job, she felt the feels, then did something with it. Lucy took the rejection as redirection and went on to launch her own business at age 21, making six figures in her first full year and becoming the writer behind many international corporations, fast growth startups, world famous bakeries, seven figure coaches, and more. Today on Thrive, Lucy's strong personality shines and she dives deep into tips for bouncing back and forward after hearing no. We talk about knowing when and how to take the reasoning for a no to heart versus when to brush it off. And Lucy also shares specific mindset shifts you have to take when you do inevitably hear no. Stay tuned through this episode. Give it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now welcome Lucy. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yay. So friends, if you have ever heard the word no, then today's episode is 100% for you. So we have got my new friend Lucy on Thrive today. And I would say she's probably an expert in being told that you are too much and turning that into something really positive for yourself, like a six-figure business that helps a whole lot of women, which like we love to see it. So Lucy, kick us off with an introduction of you and tell us about kind of like your backstory that brought you here today. Absolutely. So um, I always like to start my story in college where, you know, I think a lot of us can relate to the fact that you have no idea what you want to do with your life. And all you see is everyone seeming to know what they want to do with your life. And you're thinking, okay, well, that's awesome that you guys have all this clarity, but I'm interviewing for jobs that I just like don't, don't really think are my thing. Um, so from there, what I did is I still interviewed for jobs. I still like tried to take the linear path that I thought was, you know, supposed to be for me. And I had an interview and it's like one of those interviews that I thought I crushed. Like you, there's obviously those interviews where you're like, oh, maybe they liked me, maybe they didn't. But I was like, no, I like presented a whole company vision like off the cuff. So when they said, no, we don't think you're a good fit for the role, I was genuinely surprised. So I did what I was supposed to do. And I asked for feedback um, because I was like, you know, I'm going to optimize my performance for next time. Um, And they said, we thought you had too strong of a personality for the role. And I like to say that that was like my it's on moment. Um, It kind of like fueled my story with a little bit of healthy spite. And um, that was really obviously, you know, growing up as a kid, especially as a woman, you're told like, be less quiet, sit in your seat, follow the rules. But that was really like the first time it felt like a slap in the face. I was like, oh my gosh, I really thought this was a good role for me. I thought this, the team really liked me. So hearing that was like, whoa, I mean, maybe, maybe I do need to water it 
down if I'm going to get a job, or maybe this is like not the right industry. And I think the best way I could describe it is it just kind of feels like someone like punched you in the stomach. You're like, whoa, like the wind got knocked out of you. And you just kind of question like who you are and if you're even on the right path. For sure. For sure. And I feel like that's such a tough situation too, because it can very much be industry specific. Like not all personalities are a fit for all industries. And that can be such a slap in the face if you are interviewing or you're pursuing a job field based on your passions or your interests or what you might be good at, so to speak. And then you realize like, oh wait, this is like totally not fitting my personality. Cause I was the same way in college where like, I quickly realized, Ooh, like corporate accounting, absolutely not for me. (laughs) Or like these like intense finance things. I'd have to like wear one power suit for my entire life and be like very buttoned up and not, and like not have my personality shine through. I was like, yeah, that's not going to work. That's, that's really not going to work. So I feel you. And that could be really, um, daunting, but also, it really could throw you for a loop. I feel like, like you said, where, especially when you're just starting out where you have to question, like, wait a minute, is this the industry or is this me or do I change or do I change my direction? So walk us through a little bit of your thought process. Then once you heard that, like, first of all, how did you react? Because that's kind of like for someone to say that to your face, I feel like is is kind of baldy in today's world. And then what was your thought process from there for kind of navigating what to do next? Yeah. I mean, I feel fortunate that I was on an audio call when that was said to me. So I was able to just let my face do whatever my face was going to do. Um, and I think the first thing I did is I just felt really mad. Um, to be completely honest, I just felt so like it just, the, the whirlwind of emotions were in such a negative direction of just, I, I wanted to like, you know, call my mom and, you know, like bad mouth the company. Cause like, that's what you do when you're mad. You want to go on like a big rant. Um, so I remember I like went out for a soup with some of my closest friends and, you know, they, they got corporate jobs and they interview really well. And they just said, you know, well in, in corporate they're they're not really looking for an entrepreneur. And I'm just like, Ooh, okay. That, that even hit harder than the original news. Um, and I think, a combination of these factors, obviously, after I was able to like sit on it and sleep on it, it really got me thinking exactly what you just said. You know, sometimes it is the industry or the job, or maybe it's just not right for you. So I'm a really big believer that every rejection is just pointing you in the direction of where you want to go. It's just kind of hard to not be mad about it. So it's a matter of like feeling your feelings initially, but then realizing, you know, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. I love to say rejection is just God's redirection. So it doesn't have to be taken personally (laughs) all the time. Um, Now, was this different or the same story? I feel like I saw somewhere you had said you were fired from your first part-time job after 90 days. So is this this, this another (laughs) different? Yeah. Oh, good. Tell us this one too, because this really like piles it on for everybody. I love it. I feel like this podcast is going to be titled like Lucy can never go to the corporate world, no Lucy matter does not what get a job. <laughs> Lucy has been a black mark on her corporate career forever. Um, so essentially I, when I was trying to do the entrepreneur thing, you know, fresh out of college, I obviously had a lot of imposter syndrome. I was like, you know, maybe I'm being really reckless, just like trying to do this on my own. So I was like, let me get a part-time job. I I knew some of my skills were all over the place. I was like, I'm good with people. I'm good with social media. I have a marketing degree. So I was like, I feel like I can kind of wiggle something together. And I started working for a company that was a startup. 
And I really believed in their mission. And I just thought that it was going to be such an amazing opportunity. But as soon as I walked into the job, it was, I mean, I don't want to, you know, come on too hard on anyone on this show, but it was just like not the environment that I wanted to be in. It was a lot of like, you're going to do it my way or it's wrong. And I was constantly being put in positions that I was not good at. Like I was being told to look over the spreadsheets and do like all of these really intense detailed administrative things. And I came in on a more people facing role. So I was like, I, I'm not like set up to succeed. It also didn't help that like my performance reviews every week were like six pages of me being told like why I'm terrible at my job. So all of this to say, after about three months, I started to hit my breaking point. So, you know, I started to, I tried to be responsible. I like went straight to the manager and I was like, you know, I'm just like really struggling in this role. Is there anything that you think I can do to be more successful? And, you know, I just kind of got like general answers. And then I think they got a little frustrated with me, like pushing back. So they um, asked me to kind of like redefine my role and talk about like how I would move the company forward. And I was like, oh, my favorite. Um, so I essentially wrote what I consider to be like a long document of all of the different ways I think they could grow because they were quite stagnant when I was with them. Um, and I, you know, metaphorically put it on their desk. It's over Zoom because it's COVID. Um, and I was completely fired two days later, like not even like two weeks, not even like we want to talk about this. It was like her, her HR, me on a Zoom call. And it's like, we're letting you go today. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what did they give you reasoning or justification from that? Because I feel like based on what you just presented, that feels like you did exactly what they asked you to do. And it seems, I mean, I know we just met, but it seems like I'm, I feel like I could say with confidence, you probably gave them this feedback in a professional way, in a very forward thinking way, in a way that you would think and hope that responsible managers or responsible business owners would appreciate and respect, not something that would turn into you're fired. So like what did they give you any sort of feedback in that or how was it presented to you? Because I'm sure at the time that was like, oh, wait, what? I just like did exactly what you told me to do and thought I was helping you. And now you're firing me. Like, that's very confusing. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of knew they were not happy with me. I mean, when you get like six page performance reviews on like why you suck, like that's usually a pretty good indication, but um, I, I will say I really went for it with like the, the direct communication of like where I think certain things are underperforming. I just tend to be a really direct person. And I guess that doesn't always work for like the politically correctness of relationship building. Um, so what they said to me is they're like, we just don't feel like you're aligned with where our company is looking to go. So it was like a really professional response. It's not like, um, and again, another rejection that was a blessing in disguise because it was after this moment that I'm like, okay, I'm just not meant to work for people. And that's when I went all into my copyright business and scaled it rapidly. So it's like, you know, of course, like everything comes full circle, but I distinctly remember like sitting on the couch, like in COVID living with my parents and telling my mom, like, so I got fired from my first job and it's been 90 days. Um, what does this mean for the rest of my life? Um, and you know, that was just kind of that. And of course, like, like the first rejection, it just takes time to get over, you know, you always think like, maybe it was me. And the truth is, even if it is you, don't stop being you just because it's not the version of someone that they want. Ooh, I love that so much because I love that you right there also acknowledged that sometimes it is you in the sense of like, I feel like sometimes we 
face rejection in today's society and people's gut response is to be like, it's not you, it's them. Like it's, it's, they're just full of it. They don't know anything. Like you're perfect just the way you are. Don't ever change. Like, and I feel like that can be very detrimental to people sometimes because then you almost don't have the sort of introspection or reflectiveness that you do need for honest personal growth. And sometimes that's, you know, sometimes the re- the rejections, like you said, it's blessings in disguises. Sometimes we do have hard lessons we need to learn and we're not all perfect. So I think sometimes if you're able to look at it and say like, all right, what aspects of this are me truly? But then take it a step further and say, okay, but like, what does this mean for me? Is this something that I need to actually work on or change altogether? Or is it something where it was just a case of a misalignment at play? And it just was like, all right, I go this direction, you go this direction. And neither one of us necessarily has to change. And that can be, I think, a really helpful exercise to kind of (laughs) work on, especially when you're going through the thick of what feels like one rejection after another. Absolutely. No, I think it's so easy to just put it on the other person and be like, oh, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. And of course, like that's everyone can use a healthy vent sesh and like a friend that's like, it's not you, you know, like we all need that. But at the end of the day, it's totally okay to admit like, maybe I am too much. Maybe I am too loud. Maybe I am too forward thinking. Maybe I am too, you know, even negative characteristics. Like it's okay to realize that like you do have weaknesses and you do have things that are going to come across to people as not what they want, but those are probably not the right people to keep in your life. Right. Or everything I think also has its reason or its season. So like you said, like someone might be, okay, you might be too loud, quote, end quote, for one situation, but that might really benefit you in another situation. So it might be something where you don't need to eliminate it altogether, but you just need to be aware of it and then use it to your advantage and use it when it's the right setting or the right people or when it's, you know, the right time, right place. Yeah. I mean, they always say like, if you judge a fish on its ability to walk, it will always be seen as a failure. That's definitely not the quote, but it's something along those lines. And (laughs) I I truly believe that's the same with people. Like put yourself in situations where you can thrive, where you can be amazing. And there's definitely going to be situations where you can't, like if someone put me in like air traffic control, like the whole world would be doomed. So it's like, you know, you just got to know, you got to know yourself and really lean into that. Absolutely. Where do you see the line between taking no as constructive criticism or kind of internalizing the reason behind the no and maybe changing or adapting something moving forward versus when you know to just kind of brush it off altogether and just keep on keeping on? All right, not a fit. Sounds great. See you never. Because like we said, like there's there's that gut reaction in today's society to just say, well, if they said no, screw them, do something else like they, what do they know? So I would love to hear your perspective on kind of navigating the differences and when you look at it as like a, hmm, okay, I will take that and take that to heart in some capacity versus when you look at it as like, yeah, we're just not, we're just not compatible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like, I mean, I always talk about these two rejection stories because they're so concrete, but like the rejection only got like more and more rejecty when I went into entrepreneurship. So um, I think that's really helped me, especially because the rejections are daily, like as an entrepreneur, it's just like the the reality of life. And so that's like where I've had to really get selective about like, what am I going to listen to versus what I'm not? 
And I always say it comes down to look at the person giving you the harsh feedback. So if this person is in a position in their life where you admire and you're like, okay, I want to be like this person. You don't have to like want to be a carbon copy because that's boring. But like, you know, maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I really like the way that they approach their marriage or I really like where they are in their career. Okay, then that's like valid because it's coming from someone who, you know, probably wants to elevate you, probably is coming from a good place. But I think the rejections that really get under people's skin and it shouldn't because it's just a waste of time if we're being really harsh and real is the people who maybe are jealous or don't like you or the people who I don't want to say below you because I don't believe any people or anyone's like below anyone, but the people who, you know, have an ulterior motive, they want to bring you down. And the unfortunate reality of the world is there's, of course, people out there. So it's just really like leaning into your intuition, your gut feeling, thinking, is this person telling me this because they want me to feel bad about myself, which in that case, you know, that person should probably be limited in your life or not in your life if you have that luxury. Or are they telling me this because, you know, they've been where I am and they can see a mistake that I'm making and they don't want me to keep repeating this pattern. I love that. I think that's super, super sound. What sort of mindset shift did you make then? Because obviously then you went on to create your own company after all of this. So do you think there was anything specific or tangible that you did at that point when you made the decision like, all right, I'm going to pursue entrepreneurship, obviously knowing that's not exactly an easy, it's not an easy or easier route by any means, but you knew at that point it was going to be the right fit for you. So did you have to kind of make any specific shifts to overcome imposter syndrome or to kind of pick yourself up by the bootstraps and move forward confidently creating your own company after having just been told all of these things by people who did not want you to work with them. Oh my gosh. Can I like check all of the above? (laughs) um, I think when it comes to shifting your mindset, I always say like, if you're going to start a business or even if you're going to move into a career that's different from what you're doing, even if it's a professional journey, it's always a personal journey. Um, And I think those mindset shifts, you know, of course I do some of like the cheesy cliche things like journaling and, you know, surrounding myself with like podcasts that uplift me, but you know, sometimes you have to go into like the shadow sides and you have to like really like relive those rejections and just like fully feel like what you want to feel. And most of the time when you're rejected, it's a lot of hurt and it's a lot of frustration and, you know, your self-esteem takes a hit. So I think like, you know, of course, like the affirmations and all that stuff that's like very, you know, positive and great. It's like, you have to have that. You have to have that expansive, abundant energy as you move through your life. But it's also okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel down on yourself. And it's okay to analyze all of those feelings that are coming into you so you can move past them. I think that's awesome because, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think if we skate past things instead of truly feeling it, it's like you're just continuously putting a Band-Aid on a wound that like needed stitches (laughs) and you're just (laughs) pretending that it didn't need stitches and it'll just, you know, stop the bleed on its own. So I think if you're not truly taking a step back to, like you said, analyze it on a deeper level, really see, okay, what can I get out of this? Even if you look at it, look at your life with like a bird's eye view and you're looking at it from that almost third party perspective, not in your own emotions and in your own state. But if you're able to take that one step back where you can look at it as objectively as possible, I think sometimes that also helps to work through some of the emotions because the second you approach it, not from the deepest root of your own emotional pain, 
it almost helps you process it a little bit faster. I think also where you're able to kind of assess it, be like, all right, it's very valid that I feel X, Y, Z, but then you can kind of think a little bit more clearly and create some sort of plan for moving forward in a productive and healthy way instead of just staying stuck in your feels. Oh yeah. And I always like to tell people like, you know, workplace drama, you know, whether it's like, you know, a manager who said something mean, or if it's something more insidious, like, even if it's not workplace, even if it's like, you know, moving into childhood or moving into a relationship, like that stuff really cuts deep. So if you are struggling with like this deep seated feelings of like not good enough and rejection, totally valid to go to therapy, get a mindset coach, invest in programs and get help. Like, I think we all think we have to like get over these things by ourselves, but there's a reason why there's so many people out there who are there to help us. And I'm a big proponent of especially like um, executive coaching or whatever it is that you need um, therapy. Of course, I love that like more people are being open about that. So I think it's just like knowing yourself and knowing how deep the wound is. And yeah, part of the getting stitches might be getting help to put yourself back together. For sure. Beyond business. I mean, like we just said, we hear no all the time and relationships and friendships and family and love. Can you kind of shed light on ways to get past that, that little two letter word in kind of the most productive, healthy way beyond business in those other capacities? Um, Or I guess different ways that you look at it, depending on what scope of life, I guess you could say it is. If there's a different way that you think of no, if it's, Uh, a relationship versus a family member who's in your life forever, maybe versus, you know, and how that might be different than the work life knows. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, you know, we can always compartmentalize professional life and be like, you know, it's only a job at the end of the day, but when it comes to relationships, especially with your family and, you know, love and partnership, that's where that stuff like really hurts because, you know, you're built, you're building something with someone there's years sometimes behind that. Um, so for those no's, I think those are the ones, like I always talk about feeling into all of your rejection, allowing yourself to feel the negative emotions, but like, you really need to let yourself like grieve. Um, it can be as simple as, you know, I mean, obviously the, the most like normal example is a breakup like that just can shatter anyone. But even sometimes like, let's say, you know, your mom or your dad is like really crossing a lot of your lines. And now that you're an adult, you have to set a boundary. And in setting that boundary, maybe they, they erupted and they just got so mad. And they're like, you don't even love your family. Like, how could you set this boundary? Like, that's the kind of stuff that, of course, at some point, there's going to need to be a dialogue, like if you want that dialogue, but more importantly, you're going to have to protect yourself and you're going to have to, you know, tell yourself that the no doesn't mean something about you as a core. It might mean something about your behavior or you in a situation, but the no shouldn't chip away at who you are. Yes. The no is not a personal rejection of you as a human being and your worthiness of Mm -hmm. life on this earth. (laughs) Like sometimes it's a rejection of you in the breakup sense. Like it's, it might be a little, it might feel a little bit more holistic, but I love the differentiation there between no, it's not no as a human being or like a, you're not worthy. You're not enough. Although we often internalize it like that and end up in therapy years later <laughs> for that. But it's, it's oftentimes more of like a no to a specific behavior, no to a specific, um, just something. And if we can separate it and not internalize it as like a rejection of ourselves on the deepest level, it can be, Wow, it can be a lot less painful. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. And I always just like to think about like, think about all the times like you've broken up with someone. You probably didn't break up with them because you like hated the very core of who they were as a person. I mean, like maybe you did, maybe you had like a crazy ex and you're just like, okay, he like was so manipulative and horrible and I just needed to get him out of my life. But most of the time I feel like when we break up with people, it's because, you know, we have like differing, you know, where we want our life to go, or there's just like, you know, a deal breaker, some behavior they have that we're like, that's just like not what I want. And when someone breaks up with you or, you know, a friend ends a relationship, it doesn't have to always be romantic. It's usually because of that. It's usually not this like big, like crazy, like get out of my life restraining order. Of course that does happen, but it's usually on a much smaller scale of just, you know, it's not aligned. It's not a fit. And moving on is probably the best decision for both of you. Honestly, I think that is one of the most powerful mindset shifts to make around rejection right there. Going back to what we said in the very beginning about rejection, yeah, full circle about rejection being just redirection, because if you can just look at it as, all right, we just weren't the right fit for each other, whether that's in a job, in a friendship, in a romantic relationship, in whatever, if it's just a matter of for whatever reason, we are not aligned in this moment and our paths are going in two different directions, then it isn't really personal at all. Then it's really just like, hey, we're all just unique individuals on our own unique journeys and our paths are unique and they're going in unique directions. And that's all okay because that's just life. Yeah. Oh, so beautifully said. (laughs) Well, gosh, this has been so, so, so good, Lucy. Can't thank you enough for uh, shedding so much light with folks on Thrive today. I want to get things wrapped up by asking you something we ask everyone on the show, which is what does Thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Oh, such a good, such a good ending. Um, and now this really goes all full circle. Um, so when it comes to me, when I think of thriving, I think of living in alignment. Um, everyone's thrive looks different. You know, there's obviously some people who their thrive is going to be like packing and carry on and traveling the world and other people's thrive is going to be settling down early with someone they love and having children. So it's like, you know, no one's thriving is going to look the same, but I think when you are living out of alignment with your values and where you want to be, that's when you start to feel all that, like, you know, messy disconnect where you're like, what am I doing? Like, what is my life? So if you can just get super clear on what it is that you want and take that action to get there, or even just surround yourself with the people or make those hard decisions that you're going to have to make when you start living in alignment, then you're going to be on your path to thriving. Oh, I love that. It's awesome. And also so fitting since you're coming at us from Mexico city right now on your little globe trot around. So I love that. (laughs) Lucy, tell everybody where they can find you online to connect with you more. Yeah. So I'm a big Instagram girl. So you can find me. My personal Instagram is at lucy.bedewi. I assume these will be in the show notes. I have a really hard to um, like spell last name, but if you do want to know the spelling, it's L-U-C-Y period B-E-D-E-W-I. Um, if you like kind of the more business side of things, you can follow my business at my right hand woman, right spelled like writing on Instagram. Um, and please, yeah, just send me a DM. Like, let's get in touch. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to hear what from this episode really resonated. And I'm excited to chat with all you guys more. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to and come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.